Well, as we've been talking about, uh, we're in this series called When I'm Afraid. And, uh, you know, over the last couple of weeks, some of you have been sharing with me how that's impacted you and how Jesus is helping you address your fears or put your fears aside or maybe you are stepping out with newfound courage. And so I would just, I hope that you'll just keep sharing those stories both with me and then sharing them with each other because whenever you uh, share, uh, tell us about how God is setting you free from your fears, that helps us become set, set free from our fears. Uh, and uh, our theme verse for this, as, you, as I did in the children's time, is, is Psalm 56, verse 3. So let's say it all together, shall we? When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. One of the hardest choices that I've ever made in my life was about whether or not to come to Omaha. You know, I had been pastoring a church in Lincoln for 14 years. It was a church that Trish and I had had started there, and then the bishop called. Well, actually, someone called for the bishop and said uh, the bishop wanted to meet me, and so I uh, did that, and the uh, bishop said, Steve, I need you at Faith Westwood. And uh, explained the situation a little bit, and of course, at that point, Faith Westwood was a two-campus church, Right? And uh, there was also some sort of uncertainty about the future and, and the relationship between these two campuses. And the bishop said, Steve, you need to find out whether this is really one church or two and let me know in six months. <laughs> okay, well, no pressure there. And I thought, well, you know, what am I going to find if I, if I go there? What's this going to be like if I'm walking into a minefield? You know, there are times when, as a, as a new pastor, you come into a situation, there's some, maybe some conflict or some, you know, things that are sort of not quite settled, and you help the church deal with that, you can end up being, you know, the, the casualty. You know, you come, and you're there, you help them work through it, and the only way they can heal is for you to leave. And, uh, and so that was a little bit of my fear, that I was walking into this. But I want you to know that even before we came, God gave me a peace about it. Maybe it didn't really make sense that I would be at peace about it, but I was. And so here's my question for you today. When did you have every reason to fear, but instead you had peace? When did you have every reason to fear? Logically, based on your circumstances, but instead, you had peace. Or maybe you started with fear and God moved you to peace. Uh, so here's what I'm going to suggest. That you huddle up with some other people around you, maybe beside you, behind you, or before you. And sh have at least one person, one or two people share about a time when uh, you had reason to be afraid or you had been afraid. And God gave you peace. And that peace carried you through. So... I know this is kind of a risky thing. You're feeling, I don't know, I didn't plan to come to church to talk to anybody, but uh, you don't have to talk. Hopefully, though, you'll turn and you'll find one or two other people who will and uh, just share a quick one-minute story or so about that. So you can go ahead and do that. Hey, you know, by the way, 
A lot of you know if you've been coming here a while that the first maybe dozen weeks of the year we were bringing somebody up every Sunday and I was having a conversation with them. And we'll go back to that at some point. But during this four-week series, we're trying this, where every Sunday we're kind of having you turn and share a little something with some people near you. And so we'll try it again next week. And, uh, but it's, I, it seems to be you, you really take to it well. I mean, the conversation is energetic and, and animated. And, and I really love hearing you because I know you have stuff to share with each other. And what you shared and the things you heard is what the Bible calls the peace that passes understanding. Uh, when, when you bring your anxieties to God and you give thanks for your blessings and you tell Him what your needs are, then this my mysterious, miraculous thing happens and peace comes into the equation of your life. Now, you'll always have fears, right? You'll always face some kind of fears, and, and I don't want to make it sound at all that once you belong to Jesus and you're living by faith that you won't have fears. And I also want to say that there's, also, there's, good thing as good, there's a, such a thing as good fears. And one of the good fears is the fear of God. Now, I know that sounds kind of strange, uh, but over and over in the Bible, uh, it, it praises people who fear God. So what does that mean? What does it mean to fear God in a healthy way? Well, I've got a, I've got a verse here for you to think about. Uh, Proverbs 3, verse 7. Are we getting a little rumble in the sound system? Is that what I'm hearing? Okay. Um, I didn't know there was a tornado happening outside. Okay, okay it's a sound system. All right. Uh, how many of you are getting my daily text messages? Okay, you got this verse today. Did you notice that? And if you're not getting it and you want to, let us know. Uh, put it on your green card sometime or, or notify the office. We'll get you on it. But it's this one. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. And this means that kind of the, the flip is also true, that when you have no fear of God, then you are wise in your own eyes. You know, when you're wise in your own eyes, well, then you know what's best. No need to listen to God because, hey, you know what to do. And when you don't fear the Lord, you kind of, it's easy to let evil hang around. You know, sin is not such a big deal. And in a sense, you become your own God. And if you don't fear evil, here's what you do fear. You fear that if you obey God, you won't be happy. I mean, you know, if I obey God, then, you know, there's things that I, I'm going to have to change, and then I won't be happy because I can't really trust God. If I, you know, the fear is that if you obey God, you won't be happy. Tim Keller says this is the same lie that Satan told in the garden. The lie that if you obey God, you won't be happy. But when you have a healthy fear of God, one thing that happens is that it makes you humble. And you believe that your ultimate happiness can be found in God and in God's will and in God's way for your life. And so you begin to seek God's wisdom. And you, and you learn to trust that, and you learn to treat sin like it is poison in your life. Fearing God also means recognizing that if you were ever to behold God in all of his heavenly magnificent glory, 
it, I mean, it would just knock you flat. All of that goodness and gloriousness would just be more than you could handle. It would, it would overload your circuits. Well, that's kind of what happened to the prophet Isaiah in the 8th century B.C. He had a vision where he saw God on the throne in heaven, and there were all these sort of top-rated angels, uh, the seraphim of the heavenly court. And they were all singing and crying out, Holy, holy, holy. And when I, Isaiah saw all of this, the goodness and the gloriousness of God, he just blew him away. He said, Woe to me! I am, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Now, in the passage Laura read for us a little bit ago, the, 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 the disciples, Jesus' disciples, they don't see a vision of the throne of God. But something almost as scary, they hear the voice of God. So let's open our, our Bibles to that. Matthew chapter 17, we're going to start with verse 1. In the Pew Bible, it starts on page 983. And maybe you would like to read all of this biography about Jesus written by his disciple Matthew, but you don't have a Bible at home or the one you have is a you know, really old King James Version which was published more than 400 years ago and it's hard to read. So if you want a Bible, just take that pew Bible home. You can have it. We'll, pop, we'll stick another one in. They don't cost us that much. we just love for you to have it. Uh, so if you found it, let's look at verse 1. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. Now, it says six days uh, after six days. Six days after what? Well, it was six days after Jesus, excuse me, after Peter boldly blurted out that Jesus was the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And then Jesus explained what kind of Messiah he's going to be. He's going to suffer and be killed. And Peter's going, no, no. You know, this isn't what he signed up for. He said, never, Lord, this shall never be. And Jesus turned around and he got in Peter's face and said that Peter was speaking for Satan and he was a stumbling block. And then Jesus gave all of them the news that about what it meant to be his disciple that they were also going to have to deny themselves and carry a cross. Imagine some of these disciples are thinking it's about time for a career change. Anyway, it was six days after that. Jesus took with him the three fishermen, Peter, James, and John. And we don't, we don't know what mountain they were on, but we know that mountains have kind of always been important places in the Bible, especially for Revelation. Uh, remember Moses went up Mount Sinai, and that's where God gave him the Ten Commandments. And Elijah went up on Mount Carmel, and, and God brought down fire upon Elijah's altar. Now let's look at verses 2 and 3. There he, that is Jesus, was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as light. Just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Now 
The disciples have never seen anything like this. They've never seen Jesus like this, you know, kind of burning light in his, all of his heavenly glory. And, and, and Moses represents the law, and Elijah represents the prophets, and they're talking with Jesus because uh, he's the one that the law and the prophets have been pointing to. When Jesus lays down his, his life, it'll be the fulfillment of God's plan revealed in the law and the prophets. So there's, there's Jesus before them, shining like the sun, talking with Moses and Elijah, and, and, and Peter just thinks, you know, hey, this is really cool. This is way better than having Jesus die on a cross. And it pops into his head that if he could just get people to come to this mountain and see the sight that he's just seen, that God's going to do a great big work. It's going to spark a revival. The kingdom of God will come. The world, you know, world peace will happen. And so Peter speaks up. Now, the last time Peter spoke up, it didn't go very well. So he's more polite this time. Did you notice? More respectful. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. Kind of setting the tone here a little bit. If you wish, notice his deference, if you wish, I will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. So I, Peter mistakenly assumes that this, this scene of the shining Jesus is permanent. Or at least Jesus can turn it on whenever he wants to. And he figures that if he builds these shrines, these kind of like little outdoor worship centers, one for each of these three dignitaries, that crowds will flock in to see it. And, and this, is, has, this is way more appeal than a, than a Messiah dying on a cross. Another mistake Peter makes is that by proposing to build three shelters, he puts Jesus on equal ground with Moses and Elijah. And so Jesus just becomes one more prophet but that's not how the heavenly father sees it so let's go on to verse 5 here's it really gets good while he that is peter was still speaking so peter gets interrupted a bright cloud covered them uh, fyi in centuries past god used, sometimes used a cloud to represent his presence like when uh, God brought the Israelites out of Egypt, he led them by a pillar of cloud. And when Moses went up on Mount Sinai, God's presence came to him, it says, in a thick cloud. And when the Israelites built the tabernacle, which was kind of a, a, tab, a temple tent, God's glory filled it in the form of a cloud. So the cloud represents the presence and the glory of God. And a voice it says, and a voice from the clouds said, This is my son, whom I love, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Only twice in Jesus' life did God speak directly. The first time was when Jesus was baptized. And God said, same thing. This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Except this time, God adds one more little thing. Listen to him. Listen to him. Now, why did God add that? I think it's because Peter had come up with this, with this plan without listening to Jesus. 
Did Jesus tell him to, to build three shelters? No. Did Jesus tell him to set up a shrine and start a new religion? No. Today, the, the title of the message is When I'm Afraid of Getting Too Close to God. You know, I think there is a level at which we all deal with that. That, you know, we want God, we want God's help, we want God's comfort, we kind of want God to be nearby, but not too close. Um, and I think that's sometimes even true when we gather here to worship, you know. We, we want a little bit of God, but we don't really want to pour out our souls to God or, or worship God freely. We, 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 it's easy to hold back because we don't want to get too close. And what happens? What happens when Christians uh, are afraid of getting too close to God? Two things I see often happen. One is that we talk when we need to listen. And we make plans when we need to wait. You think you ever see that happen? When we, are, when we are afraid of getting too close to God, we try to fill the void. And we talk when we need to be listening. We make plans when we need to be waiting. And you know, I think churches are good at that. We, we love to talk we love to make plans, and we do it, I think, at least partially because we are wise in our own eyes. We can handle it. And that way, also, we can avoid getting too close to God. I mean, talking, making plans, that's easy. Listening and waiting, that's hard. You know, feel like Peter, hey, I know. We can, we can, let's build some shelters. We can charge 20 bucks a head. Step right up and you can see Elijah, Jesus, and Moses. I mean, that sounds a little bit like what churches do all the time. We, we charge in without really listening. Now, I'm not pointing a finger at you without pointing three back at me. I have done this over and over. Why? Because it's so much easier so much easier to talk and make plans because listening and waiting on God is kind of uncomfortable. Plus, hey, I'm way too busy for listening and, and, and waiting. I've got things to do. I, I can't slow down and, and take time to draw close to God like that. You know, back in January, uh, a few people from Faith Westwood went to the St. Benedict's Monastery. You know where that is? Out in Schuyler, near Schuyler, uh, for a, what I would call a mostly silent 24-hour retreat. Not completely silent, mostly silent 24-hour retreat. And I guess they're going to have another one in the fall if you're interested in that kind of thing. And, and uh, I went out to St. Benedict's once by myself. I just booked a room and took the nice drive out there and stayed 24 hours, came back, you know, I think we need to do more of that. Just take some time to slow down, to be quiet, to listen, to draw close to God. Well, when the disciples um, see the cloud come over them and they hear a voice speak to them, it totally freaks them out. Verse 6, when the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground, terrified. 
Now, to fear God is a good thing. It, it's a normal thing. And yet, do you remember the... For those of you who know the song Amazing Grace, one of the verses starts out like this. "'Twas grace that taught my heart to fear." And how does that line end? "'And grace my fears relieved.'" Yeah. Isn't that interesting? "'Twas grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved.'" See, Jesus came to embody God in human form so we could experience him without falling on our faces in fear. He came so that we wouldn't have to be afraid to get, of getting too close to God. Verses 7 and 8, Jesus relives, uh, he relieves those fears. It says, but Jesus came and touched them. Kind of like, hey guys, still awake? Get up. Don't be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. And what God commands, excuse me, what Jesus commands, he also empowers. When he says, don't be afraid, he empowers us to not be afraid. And that's our theme that we keep coming back to every Sunday this series. What, what, what Jesus commands, he also empowers and so when he commands us to not be afraid, he also empowers us to not be afraid. So, what are we going to do? Today I've got one main theme, one big idea to share with you, and you see it up there on the screen. Lean in and listen to Jesus. Maybe you've been like a lot of us, and there are times when you're kind of afraid, don't want to get too close to God. That's understandable. So do this. Lean in and listen to Jesus. He is the presence of God in humble human form. We can relate to him. We can identify with him. We can understand him. And when I say lean in, it's kind of like the conversations that all of you are having a little bit earlier where there's lots of people, voices happening all over the room. It's kind of loud. And so how did you hear each other? You leaned in. You know, that's, that's kind of a cool thing because it's an expression of trust. It's an expression of, of friendship with someone. They're saying, don't be afraid, lean in. And the voice from the cloud says, listen to him. You know, listening to Jesus is way more than just listening to his words and tucking them away for future reference. The kind of listening that, that the Bible talks about here is ingesting them into our lives and letting really them become a part of who we are. That's what Jesus talked about in one of his parables. Because some, some people listen to Jesus and it just bounces off, right? Bing! And, and it, it doesn't stick because they don't understand it and they don't want to understand it. Some people listen to Jesus and it starts to sink in, but they want everything to be easy. <laughs> and when it's not easy, they give up. Some people listen to Jesus and they start to grow and it all makes sense, but they want Jesus without having to give up anything else. And so all the good that God wants to do in their lives just gets choked out. And some people listen to Jesus and they lean in and they really listen. And those roots go deep and the clutter gets cleared away and they grow up strong and God can, is continually transforming their lives.
God, full of glory and goodness, sent his son. And God said, listen to him. And what did Jesus say? Don't be afraid. The father said, listen to him. And Jesus said, don't be afraid. So who have you been listening to? Have you found yourself kind of afraid getting too close to God? You know, I just kind of want a little bit, not too much. Hold it out, arm's length. Have you been afraid that if you obey God, if you really trust Him and take Him seriously, that you won't be happy? Because I know better. Jesus is here for you today. And He says, come on with me. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Let's pray. Oh, Lord, what a powerful thing uh, to hear these words. And we confess before you that it's really easy just to want to hold, hold you, God, at, at arm's length or even farther and just kind of shut, shut you out of our lives because we want to do it our own way, our own thing. And, and it's hard to, to break that down and to trust you. And so... Jesus, thank you for coming and being the, the, rep, the, the presence of God in a way that we can relate to. And we, we hear your voice saying, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And so, Lord, we want to we follow you, Jesus. We want to love you. We want to we obey what you say. We want to go your way and uh, just trust that it's, you are working it all out for good. And that our ultimate happiness, Lord, we want to trust that, that you have our, our best in mind and not think that we can figure it out better than you can. So, Jesus, this is our, this is our statement today that uh, we want to try it with you. We want to do it your way. We want to keep listening to you and leaning in.